Jim Ross criticizes the AEW roster, and some of the wrestlers respond. We talk about it next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, Jim Ross, not a big fan of the diving spots that we see in all the wrestling and wrestling in general. What do you think of his comments that he said on the Grilling JR podcast and some of the responses that we saw from some of these wrestlers? Well, you kind of pointed this out already. I, I think this is something that's consistent, not just in AEW, but across wrestling, you know, as, as a whole. So let's let's get that out of the way right from the get-go. This is not an AEW issue. This is more so uh, stylistically um, a disagreement between the old guard and the new guard, the new approach to how they want to work matches versus what the old guard and what the uh, the older demographic people who have been in the industry for a long time have to say, hence why. Jim Ross is taking this stance. Now, I, I think to start this off, I agree to a certain point with Jim Ross. I just question the way he went about it. Um, there's an old saying, especially for anybody who's been involved in supervision or in management roles, uh, you praise publicly and you criticize in private. And doing it live on your podcast is not necessarily the best way to go about this. I think if there's certain people that he wants to make adjustments to the way that they approach their matches in certain spots that he disagrees with. I mean, they, they hired him for a reason to give his insight because he's been involved in wrestling for years. He's one of the most knowledgeable, most respected guys in the industry. So I think it's, it's only right and fair for him to give his criticism to certain guys. I just think that it should have been done behind closed doors, not necessarily on a podcast where now we have this huge controversy where some of the guys are upset. Some guys are going public with their comments and, you know, we wouldn't be having this whole conversation right now had it not been for Jim Ross saying these things on his own show. Right. And I just want to get people up to speed for those that have not seen the quote or heard Jim Ross on his Grilling JR podcast. Now, they were talking about Armageddon 2000, which just had its 20 year anniversary just a few days ago. Conrad Thompson discussed the DDT and super kicks and how they're kind of been bastardized and JR's response to that. And this is kind of the follow-up to those comments. And Jim Ross said, I told the kid the other day at AEW that everyone does the same effing spot. All you guys go to the outside. You cluster up like quails. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side so you could catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. They're looking for the holy S chant. They love to hear, this is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. I don't buy into that. The DDT is a great finish and should be used as such. So this got the response of some AEW wrestlers. The first one going on Twitter is Brandon Cutler of all people. Brandon Cutler, who does, what does he have? Three wins at all time in AEW that he just got beating some jobbers as a jobber himself. He's part of the 14 man tag on AEW Dynamite this week. Here's what he had to say. This Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, seven versus seven. We're going to go to the outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in a huddle, friends and foe together side by side to catch some leaping idiot go over the top. Can't wait. 8 p.m. TNT, hopefully for 1 million viewers. Let's effing go. Dax Harwood also responded to this. And he said, imagine. Not listening to criticism from the men and women who've shaped our profession and paved the road that allows you to make a living today, all because they hurt your feelings. We also got an interview from Darby Allen, who was asked about the comments, and he said, quote, 
I love Jim Ross. I agree with him. I agree with Dax, and I agree with Darby. I think Jim Ross has a point. The, the spot is stupid. I mean, the spot is really dumb that they all go up and they huddle and they fake punch and they look up waiting for the guy to come up. It looks choreographed. It looks stupid. Now, <laughs> some people might go, well, Darby Allen does tope suicida spots, but if you watch a Darby Allen match, you could see like he does it in a strategic way where it doesn't look choreographed. Like he comes out of nowhere with his dives. And they are more convincing than these like, whoopee, I'm going to fly over the top rope just for a this is awesome chant. And this brings me to my next point that Jim Ross brings up. And I think this is a very good point. Wrestlers are looking for the holy S, this is awesome chant. And they think by getting that, they're getting over. And honestly, they're not. Because two matches later, the same match or a different match is going to get the same chant. This is awesome or holy ass. It's similar to back in the Attitude Era, back in the 90s, ECW. They see some crazy spot and the fans chant ECW, ECW, ECW. Which instead, the goal is to get people to cheer for you, not your spot. So, and I was thinking about this. What wrestlers today even get chants for their name. And yes, there are some. I, I When I first thought of it, I was like, man, there aren't any, but there are some. Love them or hate them? Orange Cassidy's one of them. Freshly squeeze. Freshly squeeze. Hangman Page. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. You got Moxley. 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 Cody. Cody. You know, but after that, the list is short. And, and WWE, New Day rocks. Get these hands. There's a lot. There's not. I mean, there's a little bit more in WWE, but the same thing. And they wonder, like, wrestling fans wonder, why can't these guys get over? It's because they're looking for this is awesome, not chance for the particular wrestler or the particular character. Would you agree with that statement? I, I, I certainly agree with it. And I, I think part of the biggest part of the problem is what Jim Ross is getting at here. The DDT, the super kick, the Tope Suicida. It's one in a million. It's. Every guy or most guys in that night on any episode of Dynamite or NXT or whatever show, indie shows, whatever level, a lot of them are having the same matches. Not so much on NXT because I feel like there's enough people there to tell them certain things shouldn't be happening. Um, Certain guys shouldn't be using certain moves. But look at the long list of guys that are considered the best wrestlers to ever do it. You didn't see Shawn Michaels while he had certain high spots and he had certain things that he would do to get the fans to react, his finisher was a super kick. It was not many guys using super kicks until long after he was retired. If you started doing some other guy's finisher, that was like a big no, no in the wrestling industry. That, Mm -hmm. that was always an issue. Like you wouldn't see that type of stuff. Right now. Everybody does a super kick. Well, that's because they want to be like Shawn Michaels. And that's fine. That's fine. But you got to protect your moveset. When you see on an episode of Dynamite where match after match after match, you have how many times can you count on one hand? You probably can't do it. You probably need both your hands and both your feet to hear, to count how many times you hear Tope Suicida from mm-hmm. Excalibur. I, yep. I mean, you got to protect your gimmick. You got to protect the work that they're doing. And I think to a certain extent, especially in a case like this, they're certainly exposing the business. Now it's 2020. 
everybody knows that wrestling has predetermined outcomes. Right. I, I don't think that's any secret. It doesn't mean you should pull back the curtain and expose the Wizard of Oz at every turn that you possibly can. What Brandon Cutler did, and I think it wasn't him, but somebody else who you know wanted to be uh, remain nameless, I guess made the comment, you know, he's burying the talent or to something to that extent. I don't know exactly what it was, but Brandon Cutler then goes on Twitter and essentially says, yeah, that exact spot that you said is fake. We're going to do that and we're going to do it and we're all going to huddle up. So, I mean, you're talking about Jim Ross burying you guys, but you have this guy who's hardly on TV going out there essentially on social media and saying, yeah, we know it's fake. We know it's staged, but you know what? We're going to do it anyway. Right. And to me, that buries the talent more than anything else, because how do you suspend disbelief now? How, how, how do you how do you get in the moment? Because it's going to be difficult enough to work a 14 man tag match. And, you know, I'll go one step further. I'd be willing to bet just because they're going to think it's funny and snarky, just like they had. Remember, they had it was like a hardcore match and they had the sign in the background that said mud show. Yeah. Yep. I will bet you not only will they do that spot in that match, but it's going to be Brandon Cutler who's going to go off the top rope or off the stage into all those people. And they're going to think like that's some snarky way to like snub people or get some type right. of weird rub, you know? And, and, and it, to me, those type of spots, certain styles that guys work to me, that's a, a, for me personally, that's a turnoff to certain matches, especially when you see it so many times, I sent you a video before we talked about this mm -hmm. and it was Wardlow versus Luchasaurus. Yeah. Two really big guys, two athletic guys, both guys that can do a lot of good things in the ring. Wardlow, he's going out there. He's doing sentons. Luchasaurus is doing flips off the stage. He does the standing backflip in every single match. So you got to think to yourself now, when they go back out there and they try to have another match, well, how are they going to tap that? When you see Luchasaurus doing the backflip, granted it looks great because he's a big guy and he's athletic, but how is he going to top that now? Right, right. Like, save that stuff for the bigger matches. Save that for a pay-per-view, not like a throwaway episode of Dynamite. And you literally have Jim Ross, on, Jim Ross on commentary in that match, and he says, it's great that they're doing all this stuff, but when are they going to get back in the ring so somebody could win the match? Like, you're not going to win the match outside, outside the ring. So you got that spot where all these people are standing around. You got Luchasaurus, who's a big guy doing a flip for absolutely no reason, on the outside where... He can't win the match. And not only that, but they're also burying the ref at the same time. So whether mm -hmm. it's Jim Ross or whether it's FTR or whether it's Jim Cornette, they have to be able to handle that criticism because these guys have worked in the industry. It'd be one thing if it was one guy saying it, but you hear it from a lot of people and you hear it from the fans. I was shocked when I saw the, the results to our poll that we put up. Honestly, shocked I was too. I was really I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. So for those that don't know, we did, we did put it on the flagpole and whether or not Jim Ross was right, whether or not Brandon Cutler should have responded. And 70% of our voters said that Jim Ross was right over Brandon Cutler, whether or not he should have tweeted or not. Now, some say Jim Ross should have called them out on his podcast because he's talked to them backstage and they goes in one ear at the other. Some people say you don't air it out on a podcast. Yeah. I think, you know, like I said, I agree with you in that you don't air out dirty laundry on a podcast, but I understand the frustration of Jim Ross where he has said this multiple times. And I've, I know he's called it out on commentary multiple times where they do these moves and it doesn't lead to the finish. Like I think what Jim Ross wants is 
Every move's got to make sense. Every move has to lead to someone winning, not necessarily getting a pop from the audience. And that is kind of the disconnect between today's wrestling and yesteryear's wrestling. And it's not just wrestling. We see this in almost every sport. You know, baseball, where it's become so analytical that people are afraid to hit the opposite way or drop a bunt because the home run is the bigger hit. Or in the NFL, it's more pass-heavy instead of run-heavy or defensive focus. In the NBA, it's all about three guys forming together to make a super team to win a championship instead of, you know, you have your all-star and then a bunch of role players like it was in the 90s. You know, it was like... It's it's the same in a lot of sports, and you're getting this generational dispute in professional wrestling where it's, what are we really arguing? Like, yeah, these spots are cool. That's not what the argument is. It's, do they serve a purpose for the match? And if they don't, you really have to limit them. And that's what I think is the problem because, again, like I said, people are looking for the holy S chant. The this is awesome chant, not necessarily a chant that gets you invested in the character. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't get you over. Like people think because the match is good, it gets you over. It will that night, but it won't in the future. That's why people are still tuning in for Orange Cassidy and maybe not so much for other wrestlers where, yeah, the best friends can have a good match, but are they chanting best friends, best friends? No, they're, they're chanting Freshly squeezed, freshly squeezed. Yeah, and I I think part of the debate, too, that you have to take into consideration, because I'm all for the sport evolving. All sports evolve. It's not fair to compare, like, Dick Dick Butkus to, like, Ray Lewis, because generationally and just athletically, they're on two different playing fields. Right. Dick Butkus was good for what he was good for, and he was great during his era, and nobody's taking anything away from him. Mm -hmm. But Ray Lewis was Ray Lewis in a different era with faster, bigger, probably better athletes. And nobody's taking any of the athleticism away from the wrestlers themselves because, you know, what was compare him to like like Flash uh, Flash Funk, Too Cold Scorpio back in the day. Yep, he was considered one of the better guys off the top rope, and and that move that he was doing where he did the flip into the leg drop, I mean, now that's not even really something that would be anything catchy. I talked about this in our last episode. A superplex off the top rope back in the day was considered a high spot, a big spot. It got the fans to react and pop. Yeah, It can still work. Randy Orton can still do it and get the fans to react. But when you go out there and you start doing the 450 splashes and you got guys jumping off balconies and, you know, even, even the Attitude Era, they weren't innocent in all of this because you had guys getting thrown off the top of the hell in the cell. Well, how the hell do you top that? You got guys going through burning tables. How are you going to top that stuff? So I think the debate is... And I think what Jim Ross is getting at is it's not so much that the spots are are being done. It's why are you doing it? If you're doing it just for the sake of doing it to prove that you're, you're athletic, it's kind of wasted. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to do that stuff, save the spots for the big moments and for the big matches. Some of the best workers right now in WWE, Drew McIntyre and Roman, they went out there and they had a match and they didn't have to do any flips or any dives or anything like that. Now, It doesn't mean that adding those things in there um, would have ruined the match or that it shouldn't be done. But the old style that Jim Ross is accustomed to can still work if you do it right. Right. The psychology, the storytelling. Uh, Jake Roberts is probably one of the best examples. He's in he's in AEW now. It was all about the presence and the persona, the undertaker. 
guys like that. It's no surprise that the guys that work the more traditional style, in my opinion, are having the better matches. Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen. They don't have to go out there and do all the crazy flips and stuff like that. Yes, Darby does it, but because he picks and chooses his spots, it's more impactful and it leaves a better um it leaves a better impression on the fan where exactly you know, in my opinion, uh I watched the match last week and a lot of people like this match. It's not something that I'm into, but TH2 and the Young Bucks. To me, all that movement and all those flips and everything else and bearing the referee for what? It didn't do anything. Did it really elevate TH2? No, they looked like an athletic tag team that we knew they were going to be. The Bucks, they did their thing. Now, you put the Bucks in there with a good tag team like FTR and where they're, they're different, uh, different types of styles, it made for a really good, interesting match. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think at some point, you know, maybe these guys should be a little more open to the criticism mm-hmm. of some of these guys that did work, you know, back in the day, back in when, when wrestling was at its, at, at its peak. There's yep. always going to be people that want to see different things because people, things get stale and, you know, people are going to want that evolution or that, that different type of style. And that's fine. But I think really what Jim Ross is getting at is more the psycho, the psychological aspect of this. Well, why are you doing the moves? If you're doing it match after match after match and it's Tope Suicida, super kick Tope Suicida, you know, how can anybody get invested in that if it's the same match over and over? Exactly. Exactly. Because, and we talked about this over the weekend because Keith Lee is going to be getting sent back to the PC because of, you know, Vince McMahon wants him to refine his skills. This could be the stuff that they're talking about. Like, you know, we get your athletic, but pick your spots. Show us the athleticism to make sense in the match. And people getting upset. Oh, well, he's such a good worker. But yes, he's a good worker. But it's more than just being an athlete that makes you a good wrestler. Look at Hulk Hogan, how great he was. And he didn't have to do anything in the ring, but just big boot, leg drop, Game over. Well, you know, not the, just him. There's a, a long list of guys. Austin. Look at, look, how successful was Goldberg? Yep. He was, he was, oh, people criticize him all the time. Kevin Nash, people criticize him all the time. I mean, it's not like you need to be able to do a backflip or a 450 splash to be one of the top guys in the industry. Exactly. You need to be able to work and make sure your shit makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and Lee, I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of potential, but Vince wants him to work like a big guy because if you work like a big guy, there's proven that there's money in that. Look at The Undertaker. Look at Kevin Nash. Look at guys like that. Look at Scott Hall. They don't have to do flips and dives and all that type of stuff to draw money. Exactly. And, that, and I think that's the, connect, the disconnect. And I think that's why certain guys get glass ceilings and they can't break through them because they don't understand that. They're like, oh, but I'm over. No, you're not over. Your spot is over. You know, or an entrance is over or, you know, stuff like that. They're not, they're like the character itself is not over. And I think that is the disconnect today where they think they're over, but they're not. And the ones that are actually over are the ones that main event. The ones that are given opportunities, MJF, Orange Cassidy. We, I mean, we, we thought it wasn't the best idea to put them in the main event last week. They held their own ratings wise, but again, that, that that that's because people are invested in their characters, not their moves. Whereas TH2, we don't really get much from them. Um, in WWE, how come Ricochet isn't 
put into the, the championship. I know Dave Meltzer thinks he could be the, the next star in WWE recently, he said on, a, on Wrestling Observer Radio. It's because he has no character. He does these moves, but that's it. And that and something like what Brandon Cutler said on Twitter just proves like some guys, they don't get it. They don't get it. Darby Allen, he gets it. Dax Harwood, he gets it. And that's basically the conversation at the end of the day. And I I'm happy to see that it's it's a mix of not just the traditional wrestling fans or the ones that grew up in the Attitude Era or even the Golden Era of wrestling, but even some of today's fans are agreeing with Jim Ross on this. Maybe not the way he went about it, but the fact that these spots are kind of stupid at times. So what do you guys think of this? This is an interesting conversation. We'd like to know your comments. Let them, let us know in the comments below. And don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe to join the conversation, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.